quick warning, a violent image coming up here to start the show. About 20 years ago, a bunch of photos surfaced at the Adirondack Experience, the museum in Blue Mountain Lake. They were taken in 1932, and they showed a dead black man tied to a toboggan. Three white men stood next to the body. Doreen Alessi Holmes is the collections manager at the museum. It's very troubling to look at the propped up corpse of a human and people just sort of standing around like, yeah, sure, take our photo with this trophy. And I don't know that that's what they were thinking, but that is how it plays today when you look at those photographs. Experts have been trying to unravel the true story behind those photos since. That's today's story of the day. Support for Story of the Day comes from Clarkson University, offering over 95 programs of study with campuses in the Hudson Valley, Central, and Northern New York. More at clarkson.edu. Hey, I'm David Summerstein. It's Friday, February 23rd. Thank you so much to the great Lucy Grindon for hosting While I Was Away. First up, the New York State Legislature is poised to vote on new congressional district lines after a court ruled the 2022 districts had to be redrawn. Democrats who have a supermajority in Albany have some options regarding what they could do. As Karen DeWitt reports, control of the U.S. House of Representatives could hang in the balance. Democrats who lead the Senate and Assembly have two choices. One, they could simply adopt a new set of maps that the state's bipartisan redistricting commission approved in a 9-to-1 vote on February 15th. Redistricting expert Jeffrey Weiss, who heads the New York Census and Redistricting Institute at New York Law School, says under the state's constitution, the legislature has to put the commission's maps on the floor for a vote. The legislature is required to vote on the map without any amendments. And in order to approve the map, uh, both the Assembly and the Senate each have to have uh, two-thirds of the members voting in the affirmative. Though Democrats hold supermajorities in each House, there are indications that a handful of Democrats might not vote for the maps, and they could be rejected. The maps approved by the commission leave largely intact the lines drawn by a court-appointed special master in 2022. There's some minor changes that could disadvantage one GOP incumbent, Brandon Williams, from the Syracuse area, and help another Republican House member, Mark Molinaro. He represents portions of the Hudson Valley and Southern Tier. Some Democrats say the maps drawn by the special master helped Republicans flip four congressional seats from Democratic to Republican in 2022, and they say that contributed to the GOP's current control of the House. This time, state Republican Party leaders are urging the legislature to adopt the commission's maps, while Democratic Party leaders are expressing doubts. Senate Majority Leader Andrea Stewart-Cousins, speaking just before the maps were released, said legislators intended to think carefully before making a decision. We will take a look at it. Uh, I think the reality is got to give us some time to be in the public sphere. If the legislature rejects the commission maps, option two is to come up with yet another set of maps. They could go back to the drawing board literally and configure new lines for all the districts. Or they could dust off a previous proposal that they offered to the special master in 2022 as an alternative. The special master rejected those maps, though. In Albany, I'm Karen DeWitt for the New York Public News Network.
It's Black History Month, and so we've taken the opportunity this week to gather our most recent reporting about black history in the Adirondack North Country and put it all together. So let's go back to those disturbing photos of a dead black man tied to a toboggan in 1932. The Adirondack Experience partnered with a black artist last summer to bear witness to what may have really happened that day. Emily Russell reports. There's an old logging road in the central Adirondacks near Newcomb. On a warm, sunny day, it's where I meet Keith Morris Washington. He's an artist and professor who has stayed very humble about his work. I don't know if I've ever said this in an interview uh, before, but, you know, I'm always kind of astonished when a good painting happens. (laughs) It's all kind of this magic. You can see that magic in many of his landscape paintings and flower portraits. A lot of Washington's more recent work explores Black identity in America. Washington uses art to highlight the violence that Black people have faced in both the past and the present. For one project, Washington has been painting landscapes of lynching sites around the U.S. It's what brought him here to the Adirondacks. For me, part of this is to go to the places and to bear witness. Um, Because it really is, for me, about honoring the memories of the victims. In this case, the victim was a black man who encountered two white men in these woods in March of 1932. According to historical records, they went their separate ways, but the two men reported the black man to police. A few days later, a larger group tracked him down, a gunfight ensued, and the black man was killed. Doreen Alessi Holmes from the Adirondack Experience is our guide out here today. As we walk down the road, she points out features in the landscape, obstacles the man must have had to endure while he was being tracked down by the group of white men. As we're moving forward, keep your eyes on that ridge ahead of us, because that is the Dunbrook Range. And it's an intimidatingly high and steep mountain, and I just can't imagine climbing up over that in the winter. Washington will paint this place, but not the violence that occurred here. His pieces focus more on the landscape, the beautiful and sublime aspects of it. He uses a series of squiggle marks, his description, to paint lush green grasses, tall trees, and wispy blue skies. Washington says his whole artistic process is more a tribute to life than to death. Even when I'm painting, I'm not thinking about... Uh, the tragic nature of the person's life, but really trying to think about the ways in which I'm honoring the person's life and documenting their history. Another person who's been working to document the history of what happened here is Eliza Jane Darling. She's an anthropology professor and former public historian for Hamilton County. This is the history of our region, and we need to understand what happened, and we certainly need to establish facts. But in the second place, I think there is a question of social justice and justice for this man. Darling has read the police and coroner's reports, piecing together what really happened over those few days in March. She's also read articles about the manhunt and the man's death, which made national news at the time. A headline in the New York Times from 1932 read, quote, Wild man is killed in the Adirondack. Darling says the sensationalized media back then is similar to the racist stereotypes Black people still face today. I mean, the headlines that this made could have been uh, taken from today's headlines. They really could have. Um, You know, the overestimation of the man's threat, 
the dehumanization involved in calling him a wild man, the fact that his body was left exposed, um, the, the fact that someone called the police when there didn't appear to be any crime having been committed. Darling wrote two articles for the Adirondack Daily Enterprise a few years ago, laying out everything she learned about the killing. According to records, the man is buried in nearby North Creek. Darling says she hopes one day to figure out who the man was. Back on the old logging road, we pass coyote and deer tracks. Our guide, Doreen Alessi Holmes, points us to something fluttering atop some wildflowers. Just, there's an American Beauty butterfly over there right now. Um, and it's on a plant that's locally called Pearly Everlast. The Adirondacks are a place of deep wilderness and a lot of beauty. But they're also a place where prejudice and racism still exists. Artist Keith Morris Washington says that is still evident here today. As I was uh, driving in yesterday, I saw, you know, New York license plate and a Confederate plate underneath it. And it's just like, yeah, you can't get away from that kind of um, ignorance. I'll, I'll put it that way kindly. As we reach the end of the logging road, Washington stops to take a few photos. I ask him what's on his mind during an experience like this one. As I was walking to this place, um, you know, I was in a sort of broad way thinking about the victim and and um, just sort of sending my thoughts to make a, a great painting for this person who we don't know their name yet even. So there's a, a bit of a solemnness to it. Washington says his goal is to make a beautiful painting of a place with a tragic past. The Adirondack Experience will have the option to buy the piece and add it to its permanent collection, putting more of the Adirondack's history on display. Emily Russell, North Country Public Radio, Newcomb. The story first aired last September. We've more news all the time and through the weekend on our website, ncpr.org. Music today by Mark Corey of Watertown and Paul Myers of Colton. Have a great weekend. I'm David Summerstein, North Country Public Radio.